Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is this entertaining? Tire power. Winning deals always. MG. Coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. This is SENSA Summer Breakfast with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. 22 minutes to 8, going to be 26 degrees across Adelaide today. Good morning to you. If this is the first time you've heard SENSA Breakfast, Bryce Gibbs is here. Uh, Mark Bickley is joining us in a few weeks' time. And look, this is, this is a safe space. It's a great learning environment here. And we've just worked out that the desk here in uh, Studio Lumo, uh, it's powered by Lumo Energy SA, it can move up and or down. So we can sit down or stand up when we are speaking with you lovely listeners. And Bryce, for the first time, we're standing up now. It's different. It is a little bit different. And I don't mind the change up. It's, it's uh, different you, energy. You look like a kid in a candy store, pressing all the buttons and watching all the things move up and down and lights come on and off. You, it's so much fun. Small minds, eh? Thank you so much. All right, let's go into this. <laughs> you talk too much. You talk too much. Right, this is called Talking Heads. We wanted to discuss a few things that some of our SEN stablemates have said over the past 24 hours. So very soon we have some thoughts from our very own uh, Jared Healy, who uh, was brilliant yesterday with uh, Kane on Sports Day. But we wanted to turn our attention to Ian Healy, who yesterday on SEN Radio started talking about uh, cricket tour matches. Now, we've been part of this shenanigans too, by the way. Remember England came out, let's say, uh, 12 years ago, um, and their touring team played an Australian eleven, which our selectors picked just one fast bowler, and that was Ben Cutting, so that the Indi- the English batsmen couldn't get much practice. T- to me, that's not good enough. Uh, rather than playing, you know, when we were over there, we, we spent our time uh, whinging about these weakened county teams that England put up as our opposition before the series. Our, our focus in cricket has shifted from creating opportunities and experience for our best up-and-coming cricketers and legends if they want to play against the touring team let them play now we deny touring teams quality preparation before very highly anticipated series and i don't like it it's disappointing to watch such dismantling of trust between cricket's nations and it needs to stop very passionate about it heels he certainly is you could just tell in his voice Mm. couldn't you um, I'm not I'm not the biggest cricket knowledgeable mm. person g- going around, but I think that you don't want to give your opposition anything. Yeah. You know, that's the sort of the way I look at it. So there's certainly tactics involved with those touring teams, I think. And you don't want to be putting all your cards on the table in a, in a practice match leading in, leading into a test series or a one day series or whatever it may be. I still think some of the, some of the Australians deciding to go and play county cricket in preparation for the ashes is, is good for them to get familiar with how the ball's going to move and what the, the wickets are like. But it's also a great insight for 
um, some of the English players to get an insight into how to play them best. Well, everyone's different as well, right? So mm. some players, that would be a better part of their preparation in, in terms of leading into a series. So if if it's going to allow the players to play at their peak, should it be such an issue? He wouldn't remember this, but um, when I lived in Tasmania, Ian Healy came over to my house for dinner one night. Isn't that a bizarre sentence? Wow. Uh, and uh, we were sitting around the table, and all I can remember is that Ian Healy was at my house for dinner, and what I decided to do was go into my bedroom and create one of those posters that if – you would have been too young for this, but there was a, a car dealership that if you made your own poster with the logo of the car dealership – on a broadcast and it was shown, you went into the running to win a car. So I went and made a poster that I thought I would show Ian Healy and I used like cricket puns. I said, you may win the war, but spelt like Mark and Steve war, but we have a rifle like a, a Paul rifle. Like, so you're loving this at the moment. So I went and showed Ian Healy, who I don't know why he was at my house for dinner. And I said, what do you think of this? And all I can remember is him looking at me and he said, no, it's it's really good. And now as an adult, I can imagine he was just saying that sarcastically because it was really bad. So I haven't spoken to him since. I uh, guess he hasn't been over for dinner since. Absolutely either. not. So it's triggering to hear his voice again. So we're not going to play Ian Healy again because of that traumatic experience that my family put him through. Um, Novak Djokovic is obviously uh, the talk of Australia. 22 Grand Slam championships. His 10th Australian Open. Jared Healy thinks we should do something to signify it. 10 finals, 10 wins. It's an incredible record, particularly given the era of Rafa, Federer and Murray. Yes, he's not Australian. No, he's not universally popular like Nadal and Federer. But he has done more than any other individual to make the Australian Open the great slam it is today. At Roland Garros in France, they unveiled a statue of Rafa Nadal, a Spaniard, two years ago to acknowledge his ownership of the world's most famous clay court. At some stage, Tennis Australia need to do the same thing. Ten victories on Rod Laver Arena is still hard to comprehend. It needs an appropriate tribute when he retires. Sounded like he was tearing up at the end, Jared. He nearly lost his voice, didn't he? He did on SEN yesterday with uh, with Kane Corns and Sports Day, so we love that show that started. Uh, oh, <laughs> the silence. No, I'm just... Uh, no, I... Look, don't get me wrong. The, the significance of winning 10 Australian Opens is unfathomable. Like, I don't think anyone will do this ever again. Like, what he's done mm. and continues to do, and that's 10. He still might have a couple more left in him, yep. the way he's going and playing. A statue, I think we can find other ways to tribute Novak Djokovic and what he's done for tennis, but especially here at Melbourne Park uh, for, for all these years, I think we can maybe find a, an, another way of celebrating that when it's all said and done, other than a statue, I think. I think I'm with you, and I think it would be very out of the norm. Not saying that's a bad thing, because I think it's important to challenge the norm, but if you look at statues, say, around Adelaide Oval, they're... Uh, influential South Australians who have, who have contributed to South Australian sport. If you walk around the MCG, influential Australians. I think it would be a little bit unique to have someone that's not Australian um, with a statue. So I think I'm with you. you he could be honoured in any other particular way. I, I, some, I don't know if it sounds 
strange, but I sometimes think that statues are reserved for influential Australians that have contributed to Australian sport. Yeah, I certainly agree. And they said uh, Rafa Nadal's it, uh, in Paris there at uh, Named Roland Garros. Roland Garros. Yeah. So yeah. Um, different countries obviously mm. see things a little bit differently, and that's completely fine. He, he's also he's in that same sort of bracket for the French Open, isn't he? Yeah. Um, in terms of what what he's done in that competition, but uh, yeah, I think. I don't know. Maybe look, they used to do with the the McGarry Medal medalist. You know, you get they plant a tree. Maybe they can put a tree for Novak. So you're saying there, that Novak should go maybe. next to the Yarra and plant a tree. Plant a tree for him, a little plaque there. That's, that's so. What you're saying is he's won 22 Grand Slams and to signify um, his 10th Australian Open, he's going to the garden supply store to plant a tree. Yeah, put him in the botanical gardens there and. It'd be a nice little tribute to him. No, it's good. So I would just like to say that we've now worked together for almost three weeks and that's the worst thing you've that's said. The so it's thing <laughs> I've said. So we're just going to take a breather and I think it's because we're standing up in the studio. That just right come out. Sorry about that. We are going to chat to uh, Matt Short from the Adelaide Strikers who is officially the best player in the BBL in a couple of minutes. Before that, though, let's go to Seton and speak to George. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Morning, George. Morning, gentlemen. How are we today? Going well, thanks, George. That's good here. Just a couple of quick points. Uh, just the um, scientific miracle that is Novak Djokovic. You know, the man should be dead, but instead uh, he came back from the brink of death and uh, won the Australian Open. That's a big round of applause for there. Novak's there. Good on him. And uh, secondly, the Australian media just can't help themselves, can they? He rocks up after the game wearing that track number 22 on there. Explain to me, Bryce, you know this, you played footy most of your life, or all your life. What's the difference with um, when you win an AFL Grand Final, you've already got T-shirts printed up for winning the Premiership and you're wearing them on the stage? What's the, big dif- what's the difference between that and, and what he did? Yeah, there's nothing different at all there, George, and, and you're spot on, but uh, it, was, uh, it was a pretty good power move, wasn't it? He was certainly preempted, and uh, I, I didn't have a problem with it. He's, no, it looked good uh, at the, the end. the sort of character that uh, obviously backs his talents in and... He knew he was a fair chance to win it, so uh, prepared accordingly. Thanks for your call, George. Make sure you call back any time as well. That number, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Matt Short next.